Welcome to the Anxiety at Work podcast. I'm Chester Elton, and this is my co-author and dear friend, Adrian Gostin. We hope that the time you're going to spend with us will help remove the stigma of anxiety and mental health in the workplace and your personal life. Uh, we invite experts in the world of work and life and wellness to give us ideas and most importantly tools to deal with anxiety in our world. And special thanks to our sponsor, Life Guides. Life Guides offers a community of trained and certified guides who provide guidance in more than 400 topics of personal growth, lifelong learning, and life challenges. By providing employees with experienced and empathetic support across a broad range of everyday life events, employees lead happier and more productive lives at home and at work. Their mission is to bring awareness and have these life guides to impact the lives of over a billion people in the next 15 years. You know, life guides is modernizing human support and human connection, which is foundational to well-being. Well, for listening to our podcast today, you can get two months of free access for your team today with the code 2422. That's 2422 at checkout. Pretty good deal. Well, our guest today is our friend Nicole Steck. Director of Wellbeing at Banner Health. Nicole is responsible for designing and directing the employee well-being strategy for more than 55,000 team members at Arizona's largest employer. She develops and implements programs to address holistic well-being, including physical, emotional, intellectual, and financial pillars. She also provides consulting services and gives speeches to employers and medical providers on wellness strategy and population health management. Nicole has an undergraduate degree in kinesiology from USC and a master's degree, a master's degrees, plural, right, in public health and business administration. And, okay, I got it. She's an overachiever. I got it. Yeah, and in your spare time, she jumps into podcasts like ours, right? So, Nicole, we're so delighted to have you on the podcast. Welcome. Well, thanks for joining us today, Nicole. We're, we're so excited to have you on. I was on a panel with you not long ago, and I was really impressed by your expertise in this area. And so just as background for everybody, you're a certified wellness practitioner. You, you help staff members in probably what the highest stress industry there is right now. Uh, you're certainly qualified to walk us through what you're seeing in wellness at a high level, um, especially mental health, which is what we're talking about. So what's new and what's changing with wellness with the pandemic? Happy to be here and, and share with you, what, you know, what we've been seeing in the, in the recent couple of years that we've been through going through the pandemic. Um, it's you know interesting that you say you know high level in wellness, but I also think of high level wellness, which is more than just you know the absence of disease and really the focus on the mind, body, and spirit of an individual. And I think you know what we've really seen um, in the last couple of years is really this focus on this holistic approach to to wellness for for all of our team members. Um, more specifically within the pandemic, there have been a couple of areas that have kind of come to the surface of just really that focus, you know, that we need to have on mental health, as well as just recognizing the impacts that of social isolation. Um, specifically talking about mental health at, at Banner, um, in the last couple of years, we've put in a number of initiatives to really drive awareness for mental health. Um, specifically, we've launched a mental health awareness campaign where we've certified more than 200 of our leaders and well-being champions in mental health first aid and leaned upon these leaders as well as our well-being team to 
share mental health awareness training across the system to all of our team members, where we talk about what is mental illness? What are the signs to look for in somebody that might be struggling? How do we approach that person to help get them to the resources that are available to them? Um, and really create this culture of, of caring um, and really demonstrating that we're here for each other um, as fellow team members at Banner, um, and also helping to destigmatize mental health at the same time. Another effort, you know, when we look at kind of that social dimension of well-being is we've all experienced social isolation to some degree over the last two years going through the pandemic. Um, for myself, as well as thousands of my other colleagues, we've been shifted to 100% remote work where we don't get to engage with one another every day. But then we have, you know, tens of thousands of our, our fellow team members that are out there in our acute care facilities supporting our communities and, you know, getting us through this, this global pandemic. And so um, what we've done, you know, in the last couple of years is we've shifted, obviously, to a virtual world, trying to bring our team members together through challenges, through webinars, through our team member resource groups um, in a virtual manner. But what we're really looking forward to in the near future is, you know, having more of an on-site presence and really being able to gather in person for events and our step challenges and all, all that fun stuff, you know, to really build relationships again, because that's such an important component to our well-being. You know, it's so interesting you talk about, you know, that isolation and more and more uh, there's talk about that, about how that really is. I mean, we're social animals, and we want to get together, and you're looking forward to those challenges and so on. One of the things that you did that I think was really terrific is this on-site counseling. You know, this idea that you've got somebody right there, right now. Now, that's not the champions. That's not the well-being champions. That Those are certified professionals that you have right on-site for people. How did you come to that conclusion and, and, and get that through to make sure that people have that one-on-one -on -one counseling right on campus? Yeah, happy to share with you a little bit about that background and story. Um, yes, we, we implemented on-site counselors, which are mental health clinicians, in all 29 of our hospitals um, early last year in 2021. Um, what led up to that decision was, you know, as we went through the beginning of the pandemic in 2020, um, the majority of our system um, experienced a surge over the summer of 2020. And as we were coming down from that surge, you know, we saw, you know, projections coming for the winter of that year were going to be much worse than what we had experienced over the summer. At that point in time, we had thousands of team members who were tired and exhausted. We also had leaders that were tired and exhausted, and we couldn't keep asking more of them to do something. You know, here's a resource, go to it. Go, you know, nobody had the time or even the energy to do some of those things. And what more could be valuable than bringing that resource to them. Um, and so in meeting with, you know, senior leaders within our organization, specific, you know, senior leaders, our chief medical officer from our behavioral health hospital, really looking at kind of the mental component of really supporting our team members, we we agreed that you know, this would be the next move to help support our team members through the pandemic. And um, since implementing that in March of 2021, we've actually impacted over 15,000 of our team members in 10 months. Um, and just through one-on-one, -on -one, you know, they're engaging our team members in one-on-one -on -one support. Um, also, they provide, you know, they come to, you know, team huddles and do a mindfulness exercise with them. They'll also provide, you know, some short classes on, on resiliency practices or support groups. They, they provide a number of key services that 
our leaders in the last, I'd say, really six months, we've really seen our leaders begin to ingrain and embed these counselors in the work that they're doing with their teams because we we all need some of that support. Um, and so that's been really just a, a phenomenal, you know, transformation, I think, of our organization that this has become embedded within our facilities. Um, and we've also done it on a virtual level for our corporate and ambulatory team members. You know, so we have it obviously in our hospitals and that's one thing, but we have hundreds of ambulatory facilities as well as team members that are at home. Um, and so we also created a virtual counselor component that's available almost on demand uh, for our team members in those settings. So if they needed to seek support, um, they would be able to have that resource as well. Um, and so that's just been, um, it's, it's been wonderful. We've, we've seen it grow and we, we're continuing to look to keep this as a part of our, our program. Yeah, it's, it's so innovative and, and, and so forward thinking as well. Um, and it, it does beg the question then, because I think a lot of our listeners would love to do more around wellness in their teams or organizations, but they have no idea where to even begin to get senior level support. Obviously, you did here. So how are you, you know, not first off getting that support, but also how are you measuring what you're doing so you get that C-level buy-in? No, uh, def- great question. Um, you know, looking Looking back at even before the pandemic, so we actually launched our new holistic well-being strategy in January of 2020. Little did we know that we'd be facing a global pandemic two months later. Um, and, and since then, we, we've made a number of changes within our overall strategy and design. Uh, but you know, I think they've all been really for the positive. I think you know, even the counselors, that component of it, that was definitely something I thought always long-term we'd love to have. But a pandemic, obviously you know, expedited that offering within our, within our strategy. When I looked at, we look at uh, metrics and items that we're kind of tracking over these first few years is really trying to build awareness and engagement in these offerings. That, those are some of the key things before we can really look at like maybe long-term health outcomes or, or retention efforts. Um, so what we've been using within our wellness platform is we track overall enrollment and engagement within our offerings. And so um, in less than three years, we've enrolled over 55% of our team members. And so we're getting up to almost two thirds of our organization is, is at least accessing our services in our, in our platform. Uh, but then in, in addition to that, we have over 50% engagement on a weekly basis within those resources, whether it's doing a mindfulness exercise through our mindfulness app, or maybe it's tracking their steps, or maybe it's um, watching one of our videos on resiliency or coping mechanisms. It could be a number of those things, but we're really tracking you know, overall engagement within our program. We also are looking at our annual employee survey where we've created a question about you know, well-being within the organization, but then also we do an annual wellness survey too to really track um, our efforts within our strategy, spe- more specifically you know, the satisfaction with what we're offering, um, what areas or gaps do we have in our, you know, our program offerings to make sure that we're, we're hearing our team members. Um, and so those are some of the key things. I think long-term, we'll, we'll begin to really an- analyze our medical claim data across, you know, our engagement data to, to look and see what, what changes we're seeing over time. We did it for 2020 and we did see those that were engaged in the program were more likely to access preventative care. They were, you know, going to see, you know, getting their PCP wellness exam. They weren't as likely to use the ED, you know, emergency department um, and, and some of those other services. And so they did cost less, but, you know, we want to see that over several years time to really demonstrate, you know, value on, on our program. So here's what's so great that I love that you just talked about is that measurement piece. 
Because so often people are saying, how do I get this into my organization? What's the benefit? You know, I've even had organizations say, well, take a look and see how much you're spending on prescriptions for antidepressants and so on. And is that going up or down? And by the way, for our listeners, when she's saying there's 50% engagement on a weekly basis, most EAP programs, the participation is somewhere between 3 and 5%. So the fact that you're getting 50% of people say, hey, that's only half. By the way, those are spectacular numbers. Those aren't just good. Those are spectacular. So along all that, where can we find more about your work, Nicole? Where would, where would you send people to learn more about how they can do what you're doing? Yeah, you know, I, I think um, if more specifically regarding like, you know, what, what we're doing at Banner, I, you can definitely connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm always trying to share, you know, some of the efforts and the work that we've been doing in our space. Uh, you can also go to BannerHealth.com. There's an employee section on there that you can click on and you can review our benefits, well-being, and some of the efforts that are found in there uh, for our external um, customer or for potential, you know, hires that are interested in working for Banner Health. Okay, so nuts and bolts. Uh, what are like two or three things if somebody in their organization, they don't have a lot of this stuff, they want to get started, what are two or three you know, simple ways that you can say, hey, here's where you can get started to build that momentum? Yeah, I think one of the first things I would do is to really find um, a few key stakeholders and also kind of look around your organization for some of those those champions that might help to build that case study for you. Um, you know, I think having some sort of senior leadership buy-in, um, whether it's your, your HR executive, maybe it's your it's your COO. You know, it could be a number of individuals at the level, but working with with one of them and also looking at other leaders across the organization. I think when we look at our when I've built committees, uh, steering committees for different organizations, you know, we like to have a diverse you know background of you know different departments and teams and also different levels. Maybe one's a you know you have a frontline worker, but then you have a mid level manager and then you have a senior leader. Is really taking in those different perspectives to really identify what are the key objectives that you want to really address for your organization. Um, so getting that getting that core team together, and then the next step is to really determine what is it that you want to focus on this year. Make make it simple. Maybe it is mental health awareness. Maybe it's um, doing a dive into looking at what are your mental health resources you have, what's missing, and how can you communicate you know what you have to your teams. Um, and so that kind of you know set those goals and then build a, build a simple plan and really go forward with that um, because I think a lot of organizations already have some of the resources they need. They just need to be able to showcase them. I love that idea. Yeah. Using what's already out there, but just promoting it better. Uh, love that idea. Okay. So um, I want to turn to the future for a minute here because uh, use your crystal ball and you go, you do speeches on this too, to, to, to trade organizations. What do you think the future of well-being will be for all of us in business two years, five years down the road? Where do you think this wellness movement is heading? You know, I think of a, a couple of things. I think, you know, one I've already hit on, but it's this continued focus on this holistic approach to to the individual is that it's not just the individual's physical health or their own individual mental health. It's really looking at uh, going into like those environmental supports. How is the organization building wellness into the organization um, and being really intentional about that, whether it's their operational practices or it's their routines or it's their, their physical environments? How are they weaving wellness into those spaces? Uh, because I, I, I think that, you know, there's only so much an individual can control, but I think the an organization has can have, we know the organization can have a huge impact on an individual's health because we spend, what, 40, maybe 50, 60 hours within our workplace, you know, and during the work week of our adult lives, that's the majority of our life is spent at work as an adult. So um, how do how does the workplace build the environment 
that helps to support wellness. And that's, um, again, being really intentional about the, the routines, the practices, the environment. Um, and I think for wellness teams, I think they also, what we found success in at Banner is really collaborating with other teams within the organization to do wellness because it's not just our team that does wellness. Um, we look at our, you know, our diversity and inclusion team. They do wellness. We look at our development team. They do wellness. They, they're all contributing to the well-being of our team members. And how do we work together to present the same message that we're taking care of you as our team member? Um, and so I think more collaboration within the organization. And that's, again, part of weaving it in. Um, so I, th I think that's where I see it, it moving for organizations in the future. You know, as you're talking, I'm thinking this is the safety movement years ago, right? Everybody's yeah. keeping everybody else safe. Now it's everybody keeping everybody else well. And it's brilliant that you've got all this collaboration going. Uh, you know, we're, we're talking with our wonderful guest, Nicole Steck. She's the director of well-being at Banner Health. 55,000 team members. Follow her on LinkedIn and tune into Banner Health if you want to see it done right. You know, we always ask our guests, okay, that's great. The big picture. And I, I know this is just a podcast you can't see, Nicole. Wonderful smile. Clearly in good mental health, at least at this moment, right? So um, what are some of the things that you do personally to stay in good mental health? What are some of your rituals? Uh, you know, one of the key things, and I probably sound like a typical wellness person, but exercise is so important for me. Um, I, I, even if it's not my every, you know, normal day, 45, 60 minute workout, if I can take 15, 20 minutes between meetings to go out and walk and get some sort of movement going, I know I'm going to feel better and be more energized and more present in, in the upcoming meeting for the day. And I, you know, I just, I definitely fall back on exercise as one of my key components to my own regimen. Um, when I think during my work day, some of the successful tactics I, I've put in, I like to have block time, whether it's one to two hours um, most days of the week, to really create some focused time on work. Um, it's easy to get involved in meetings throughout the day um, and be pulled in, but it's really making that, that time to focus a priority. Um, it helps keep me pretty scheduled and set on, you know, meeting the deadlines that I have for my organization. And so I think that's one of the key things I do during the workday. You have 45 minute to, to 60 minute workouts. Jess, have you uh, ever worked out that long? Last, you know, cumulatively last year? Yeah. Did you? <laughs> I have a tough time getting 45 minutes in a row of sleep, you know, let alone <laughs> exercise. But thanks for asking, Adrian. I really appreciate <laughs> That's it. awesome. Hey, uh, this has been such a great conversation, Nicole. Um, you had a couple of takeaways for everybody to take away today for our listeners. Well, what would you say? You know, I've already hit on it, but I'll hit on it again, is that the holistic approach to well-being, and it's not just um, helping your your employees exercise more, or maybe it is seek out counseling. It's also what are you doing within the workplace to create, you know, healthy work relationships. Um, also support, you know, the environment um, and to build practices that really stress your employees' well-being. Uh, so that holistic approach, and then I think mental health is really on the on the radar for everybody right now. And so what are some ways to really make that simplified for the employee to get access to? Because um, as we know that there's a stigma that exists for many people around mental health. And so how do we, how do we make it easier and remove the barriers um, is key to helping them get that support. Wonderful. Well, listen, you've been a spectacular guest. Thank you so much for your time and your insights and your expertise. 
Again, uh, follow Nicole on LinkedIn. She's putting all kinds of great stuff out there. And, of course, tune into Banner Health. We love talking to organizations that care so much about their people that they've, you, you've made this part of your culture. I love that you've got champions. You've got committees. You've got everybody participating to keep everybody safe. So thanks again so much for being on our podcast. Thank you. Couldn't have been more delightful. Couldn't have been more insightful. Uh, Nicole Steck, Banner Health. Tell me what were some of your key takeaways, Adrian, because I know you take way more notes than I do. <laughs> well, I'm not sure about that, but but I think, you know, first and foremost, thinking about wellness, uh, and this is a healthcare person, uh, you're thinking about wellness not as an absence of, as a, of disease, but really thinking about the mind, body, and the spirit of people. Um, you know, and thinking about this holistically uh, is, is a really powerful way to begin this, this, this thought and, and how we build wellness in our team. Yeah, I was just so impressed on how she gets so many people involved. Look, you know, get, get your key sponsors, always really important. And then the committees where they can be fr- some frontline people, some remote working people and so on. Get everybody's voice heard, get that buy-in. And then what did she say? They certified like 200 200 first aid uh, mental health leaders. Now, I got certified once in, in regular first aid, and I felt like, I, you know, if somebody would approach me, oh, you know first aid? I would have said, no, no, you need to find somebody <laughs> who actually knows what they're doing. Um, you know, there's actually a lot we can do uh, within a few hours when we certify somebody in mental health first aid to actually be of help. Yeah, yeah. Instead of saying... I'm not. I did stay at a Holiday Inn Express, though, and uh, <laughs> I slept well. Yeah, yeah th- this idea of community, I'll tell you, it really struck me as we were talking about, you know, it's everybody's job to look out for mental health. And it just really struck me at that moment that how many times have we heard that in organizations for safety? You know, slips and falls and, you know, pick up the garbage and make sure the lights are on. And we want to send everybody home with all 10 fingers and all 10 toes. Isn't it interesting? And, and hopefully, because you and I talk about this all the time, is this just going to be a moment in time? You know, once all the restrictions are lifted and the mandates and so on, is this going to go by the wayside like so many other initiatives that we hoped would, would take root? I hope not. And if you can make it a part of your culture like they've done at Banner Health, we're all a part of the solution. I think your odds are better. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. And that's why, you know, when we asked, you know, how do you get buy-in for this? She talked about measurement. You know, what's, yes. what matters most to your organization? Well, you know, by the way, healthcare costs are, are exorbitant for every organization. Um, and she says, we've tied it to that. We know our people have lower, that are engaged in these wellness programs, have lower usage of, of many of the healthcare, uh, you know, services that we're offering, as well as, you know, simple things that you can start with, like tracking engagement of are people using this, et cetera. And I also loved her steps of how you get started. You asked that question of, okay, so where do we begin? Well, first thing was look for some champions, right? Above right. and on all throughout the organization. And then she asked the question, like, what is it you really want to do? Pick one thing, right? Start with that with that one thing. Uh, lastly, for me, was just her participation. And I know we made a fuss over this, you know, when she was on with us, but 55% you know, participation and 50% weekly. And they've clearly created a safe place for people to go. And having on-site counselors and on and on, gosh, they, they've looked at this from every, every different aspect, every facet 
of mental health really to be lauded. And uh, isn't it wonderful that we got one of the chief architects to come share all that with us on our podcast today? It really is. And people may go, oh, 55, come on. They, they could get higher than that. By the way, this is healthcare. They're extremely busy. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and by the way, they're also some of the most resilient people on the planet. You think about getting through medical school. You think about getting through nursing school. It's hard. Um, it is very hard to get some of these, you know, these certifications that these people have. They're some of the most resilient people on the planet, and we're burning them out. Right. And so, you know, and they're also very busy. So to get 55% of people on a weekly basis using some of these programs shows the efficacy of what they're doing. Yeah. yeah, you know, one one I always say this one last thing, and then I've always got one more one last thing. Um, you know, we asked her about her personal rituals when she said, "I've got this block time." I thought she was going to say, "I'm blocking out time just for me to go for a walk." And so on. she said, "No, I, I have block time to get my work done." Yeah, and I thought that was brilliant because you know we said we can all go meeting to meeting to meeting to meeting and never yeah. block out that time to actually get work done. Which, at the end of the day, we know that if I feel like I've accomplished something during the day, I'm in a much better mental uh, state of mind. So, really Absolutely. great insights. Oh, it really was. And so, we hope you felt like you accomplished something by listening in today. We want to thank our producer, Brent Klein, to Christy Lawrence, who helps us find amazing guests like Nicole, and to all of you who listened in. And don't forget, join our community at wethrivetogether.global. And pick up a copy of Anxiety at Work, our latest book from HarperCollins. Yeah, and if you've enjoyed the podcast, please share it with someone. You know, give us a rating. That always helps us to get the message out. Be a part of the solution. Let's get a, a community here that's really looking out for each other. And share our podcast and, and, and share your concern and look out for your neighbors. Well, we really appreciate you tuning in. I'm Chester. That's Adrian, even though you can't see him. He looks great. <laughs> and we hope you'll tune in again with us next week as we talk more about mental health and anxiety at work. Music.